Thanks for joining us for the September edition of the Lee Schools TV podcast. I'm Rob Spicker and your host of our conversation today. Our focus is going to be proximity-based school assignment zones for middle school students. By proximity, we essentially mean assigning a student a school that's closest to where they live. Our elementary families went through this process last year. They were given a choice of a different smaller group of elementary schools to, to choose from and then had to rank their favorites. For middle school families, well, that choice this year is yours to make. Our guest today is Dr. Adam Malloy. He is the uh, Director of Planning, Growth, and Capacity here at the school district. So, Dr. Malloy, we thank you for joining us to talk about a, a familiar topic for you and I. To begin, let's just first remind us of what middle school students have been doing and then how maybe this process is a little bit different. Yeah, thank you, Rob, so much for getting this information out there. It was just a year ago we were on the podcast talking about elementary proximity. Uh, so our current middle school assignment plan is you rank your schools in your subzone in any adjacent subzone. So on average, our current middle school families have over five choices. And what happens when you get to the proximity zones? They're smaller, they're more community-centered. Correct. We, uh, we reduce the size of the choice zones. Uh, so our current, uh, we have about 154 square miles on average to transport. And in some of our proposed drafts, we cut that in half. So we reduce the number of square miles of transport, and we also reduce the number of choices. Remember that the ultimate goal is to get our kids to school and home on time and efficiently. I think you're talking about the, uh, the benefits right there potentially of proximity. So for middle school students in particular, what are those benefits? Transportation being one of them, but there's others if they're closer to going to a school closer to home. Correct. There's uh, a number of benefits of just being to school on time, right? Being in class uh, when the bell rings and spending that instructional time. Uh, you know, we, we joked uh, half-heartedly kind of last year about we would rather our kids be in school than on the bus. It reduces that amount of time on the bus as well. Um, and it really, I think it, it, it gets us to a kind of a community school model where our neighborhoods and community, they're closer. Uh, they're closer not only geographically, but they're also closer in terms of their support. Uh, for the instruction and curriculum at the school. Now, the final boundaries aren't done yet, but can you give us some general expectations of what the middle school families might see when they are released later this month? Yeah, so our timeline, uh, after some board presentations, um, we, will, we will go public uh, with our interactive map so that they can see, okay, where do I live? What are my choices? Uh, you, will, uh, you will see tighter uh, geographic zones. You will see the number of choices smaller. Uh, and then you also see uh, some accompanying policies, like what does this mean for me if I want to stay at my current mm -hmm. middle school, uh, but I live outside of the zone? Uh, a couple things to, to talk about, a few key dates you mentioned. It's September 27th. That's a board presentation. So that's really the unveiling of the final boundaries. Correct. That is our recommendation about our boundaries, um, our maps, our, our smaller boundaries and choices, and then also our associated policies. We will take feedback from the board. We will also incorporate some community engagement, some town halls, some communication campaigns, all of the, uh, all of the good work in terms of getting information out there. Uh, we will go back to the board in October, and then we will edit the plan uh, for student assignment and present that um, for board approval in November. Those October pieces are critical. Superintendents out on the road, town hall meetings coming up in the first half of that month. Yeah, and I think it's important, uh, you know, the old adage that when you get tired of saying it, people are just starting to hear it. So uh, I think it's really important that our families know, especially our families that will have to make that decision whether or not to stay at their current school and provide their own transportation, right? or go into their new middle school proximity zone. Uh, those dates, those windows are extremely important. And then the how-to. 
how do I elect to stay? Mm-hmm. How do I go into my new uh, proximity zone for lottery? When are those dates? And luckily, we're a little bit ahead of where we were with elementary, so we're going to try to run uh, both the continuation or cho- choose to stay window uh, with a little bit more time leading up to the lottery. In November, again, you mentioned that's when the board approves. So then it's final and then open enrollment comes up as you're just talking about there early next year, January to February. Correct. Yeah, just that traditional um, open enrollment uh, lottery for for incoming sixth graders. Well, not just incoming sixth graders. Mm -hmm. We're focused on middle school, but also our incoming kindergartners and our ninth graders that are rising. So talk to fifth, sixth, seventh grade parents because they're the ones that this impacts in middle school. What should they be paying attention to? What should they listen for? What should they be aware of as we head into this proximity discussion? They need to, uh, as soon as the, the maps um, are available uh, for them to interact with, uh, they need to plug in their address. They need to see, do I live, if I'm a current middle school student, do I live in the zone, right? Then you have nothing to do, right? You just stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're provided transportation or you walk if you're within two miles. Um, but if you are at a school outside uh, of your proximity zone, uh, then you have to make you have to make that choice. You have to you know get together as a family, decide, hey, do I want to continue to stay and waive transportation? Or uh, do I want to go into my, my proximity middle school zone? And I think we know from the elementary experience that some zones, some families, they get impacted more than others where they may still be able to attend the school that they're in or they may not be able to and really have some choices to make. Correct. If they're going to need transportation and they're outside of their current school zone, uh, then that's certainly a choice that they'll have to make to, 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 to get that transportation. I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's really important for families just to be aware of what we're, you know, of what the district is, is trying to do and the goals of getting our kids to school on time uh, and home on time. You know, some of the stats that we're seeing is that, yes, we're much better at the middle school level this year. Yes, over 200 buses uh, fewer are late every day. Yes, we reduced the need for over 100 uh, routes or 100 bus drivers, but we're still not there yet. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of a long-term system change where we're looking to see improvements. And we are seeing those, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's going to take some time. Yeah, the, the just fixing elementary, as the superintendent would say, was never the panacea. It requires more than that, and this is the next step. Yeah, and ironically, we'll see the benefits or the tipping point for middle school efficiency sooner than we will with elementary because of the number and grade, the number of grades that are involved. This is a smaller group, so they're not they're moving around more frequently than those elementary kids. Let do you've talked about this, but let's go through those common questions that we know will come up. And number one is, can I stay in my current school when I look at those new zones, whether I'm in the zone or out of the zone? Go through both scenarios. Can I stay? Correct. Yeah, that's a continuation policy, and that's what we will propose to the board, uh, similar to elementary, that, yes, if you would like to stay but you live outside of the zone, uh, you will elect to stay during a window prior to lottery, mm-hmm. and you will, wa- you will waive uh, district transportation. So you will be providing your own transportation mm-hmm. outside of your zone to the, to the school that you're currently assigned. And if you sit in your zone, you're getting a bus you're going to stay there and you're still going to get the bus. Correct. If you're in zone, there's really nothing that you need to do. Uh, you're in the proximity zone. You're assigned to the school within your proximity zone. Uh, there's there's nothing that you need to do. We saw this with elementary. We're going to see this with middle school, but siblings. So can a younger sibling follow an older sibling into their middle school or to the same middle school? Yes, we're going to honor the sibling preference even outside of the zone. Like let's say there's a rising sixth grader that wants to trail or attach to a rising eighth grader, but it's outside 
outside of the zone. Yes, we will honor the sibling preference. However, you will have to waive transportation uh, for both children. And what about the arts? This may come up because we have those three art schools, the Veterans Park, the North Fort Myers, Cypress Lake. They're really known for that, and they have application programs. How does this uh, affect those schools and, and families that really want their child to go to an art school? So this will only affect the student population and will not touch the unique program offerings at any of our middle schools, in particular with our arts. Uh, actually, all of our middle schools offer band and visual arts. Uh, 15 out of 16 offer chorus and 10 out of 16 offer both dance and orchestra. So we have uh, expanded our arts offerings at our middle schools. Uh, so we're well beyond the three uh, application programs, but those application programs will maintain um, and it will only affect, uh, it will really only affect the student population that is drawing outside of those applications. So I think what we want families interested in the arts for their students to know is there's a robust program at really every middle school. It's uh, comprehensive. Like we've moved well beyond our, you know, our 1990s, early 2000s mm -hmm. approach uh, to the arts. Yeah. So choose wisely, but there is other opportunities. You don't need just those three. You know, maybe there's a family that, uh, well, certainly I feel for the fifth graders. They did this last year with elementary, so they're going to be going through it again, moving to middle. Um, but are there changes? Or is there anything different um, for them this year? Or is the process really going to re replicate what they did last year? Our recommended and proposed associated procedures will mirror a lot of what we saw in elementary. Um, I can't think of really any difference besides maybe being a little bit more specific on the self-contained ESE side. Besides that, the associated procedures will will follow uh, really in line with what we did with elementary. So let's recap how last year we think is going this year. If we got, think we're going to get benefits out of this system, go through again some of the things you think that we're seeing that have changed, that are improved. Uh, the delivery system for, you know, for buses and schools and all those for students. What's happening so far? I think that the, so it's, uh, there's a number of ways to look at it. You can look at just the, st the statistical measurements as it relates to routes, uh, as it relates to the need for bus drivers, uh, as it relates to the average um, miles that we travel per Per day, all of all of that is great data. I think most important is talking to the middle school principals and saying that this is the best year that they've seen uh, in a long time, mm -hmm. and they are on the last tier in terms of transportation. We've been able to get a majority of our bus drivers on a three-tier system for the first time uh, in a number of years, and I think that that's I think to me that is showing signs of progress. Is it perfect? No. Is it a panacea or a silver silver bullet to all of our efficiency issues? No. Uh, but we are moving in the right direction, and when we combine. Uh, a full implementation of elementary and middle, I think that we will see uh, not just the cost savings, uh, which are greater than expected uh, or projected to be greater than expected, but we'll also see uh, just our on-time delivery uh, to school and to home. Um, and I think that that's the, that's the ultimate goal. If we can get all of our kids to school on time and all of our kids home, uh, we've done our job mm -hmm. in, in, in terms of this system change. And how would you characterize just how the process went for getting the parents involved to, to having them take the action they need to take? Did it go as you, know, you were really leading the charge last year as was expected? It went better than I anticipated. Uh, you know, the, always the fear was that you were missing 
you know, connecting with a family. And it really took at the at the district level, our communication staff, uh, that campaign that they did, the door to door, the grassroots from uh, from school sites to town halls, these uh, these different choice or lottery uh, event nights that were happening all across the district, providing that list to our principals and seeing them work and contacting, hey, you have to make a choice or hey, you're good, you know, you're you're within the zone. Um, it showed, it, it gave me a lot of hope as a, you know, as someone in the district that was, you know, that we were all we were kind of working collaboratively. It gave me a lot of hope that we can make these system changes to try to, you know, these large scale changes uh, to improve what we're doing every day. So I was impressed um, in terms of the amount that needed to take action, much larger at the elementary than the middle. Uh, you know, you had about 12,000 kids and the majority of them, vast majority of them taking action, you know, and, and either electing to stay and wave or to go into the new proximity zone. It was a huge success in terms of the, com the communications campaign and the numbers, the numbers tell that. Uh, I think one thing that, you know, I knew was that we weren't going to see a day, like an immediate day one fix, you know, like uh, hearing the, you know, hearing the calls or getting the emails, like I thought that this was supposed to solve everything. No, statistically, we are making great strides in terms of uh, efficiency. Uh, and hopefully in the next few years, uh, parents will start to say, wow, uh, you know, we really have turned a corner as it relates to on-time delivery. Yep. We really are starting to see a lot of money uh, saved and then putting back into the school site and classroom. Um, you know, while it was never about the cost savings, if anything, if we can, you know, if we can support the school by better setting them up for success by getting them there on time and then also providing uh, additional savings to the school, it's a win-win. Yeah, absolutely. As much as we wish it just fixed like that, it does take this year for elementary, next year for the middle schools to kind of see the fuller effects of proximity develop over time because we also know it busing is tough in the first week of school second week's better third week's better same for here second year's better than the first year I think, um, you know, one thing that's interesting is we, we talk a lot about our dynamic student population growth, mm -hmm. but our area is also experiencing a large amount of growth. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot more people on the road because there's a lot more people in Lee County. Yep. It's not just our buses or our parent pickup or our, our people driving to school. There's a lot more people in general driving and you can see the infrastructure changes and the pressure and the stresses that it puts on our not just our school system uh, but our county systems as well uh, and that's something that you know in our last presentation to the to, to the board as it relates to the need for new schools we we need to continue to you know to get out there and develop yeah and it's so easy to forget when you're waiting for your child to come home that they could be stuck in traffic just like you were trying to get home to meet them I mean it happens unfortunately we don't want we don't want it to happen to everybody but that's just the way it goes when we when we fill up I think we should say this just to be clear we said it a lot last year high school there is no plan currently to implement proximity zones for high school that is correct. Yeah, yeah. high school was never uh, was never a system uh, assignment system that we wanted to touch. Uh, it, it is not a part of our progress. Really, our progress after middle school is to refine and improve the elementary and middle school systems that we've adjusted with proximity. Right? It's not just hey set it and go. Mm -hmm. It's to go back to those systems and make the adjustments, whether it's adding a closest to home preference or whether it's taking a look at uh, the waving of transportation and, you know, tardiness and really just taking mm -hmm. a look at the data, being accountable for the system change that we that we put into place. And just refine it every year here on out to get it a little bit better, a little bit better. Any final thoughts, you know, things you want to make sure parents are aware of, thinking of as we head into the fall for the, the presentation of the maps, the, the, the meetings, and then eventually open enrollment? I think it's really important for, for parents to stay connected. 
uh, this is you know, this is hard, and we ran into it so much with elementary, is that we were dealing with perceptions that were built uh, in the current mm-hmm. then change system. Mm-hmm. Like that is very challenging. You know, uh, a lot of our parents are, are very involved and we love that. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, but in the game of choice, you sometimes get into the realm of perception uh, without data, uh, without, you know, without a really a, a true understanding of what's being said. So you just have to, you really have to start breaking down what has been built up in some of those large choice areas. So when you're ranking seven schools, uh, and you're putting schools at the bottom for a particular reason, and now you're only looking at maybe two to three schools, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to have to think about it differently. I would say parents, stay connected, uh, see what the associated policies are, make sure you're checking out the maps, your address, making, making sure you know whether you have to stay and wave or whether you're going in or you don't have to do anything. Uh, but I would also just uh, take a look, a little bit deeper look at those, uh, those choices that you have, right? If I have two choices, which my son is going into middle school next year, we have, you know, in the, some of the proposed maps, two to three choices. We have to really look at, at those schools and say, what's, what's best? Is it the closest to home? Is it, you know, this school for a different reason or program offering? Uh, and we have to, you know, we just have to take a look at those a little bit closer. Yeah, I like what you said about perceptions because I think that goes back to what we were talking about in terms of art schools. There's the perception there's just three. Well, in reality, at middle school, there's 16 or 17 that have very good, very solid programs and may just offer what your child wants uh, without having to uh, go to one of those three that you think of. Correct. Yeah, they're out there. Everything's out there. All right, Dr. Malloy, we thank you so much for joining us, getting us ready for this proximity discussion for our middle schools. And as he was saying, we encourage all of you middle school parents, pay attention. There'll be a lot of information coming your way from the school district, from your school in terms of these dates, these meetings, these opportunities. We want you to be uh, tied in so that you are up to date and well-informed as we go through this and you're making your choices for open enrollment early next year. We're coming back in October with the next edition of the Lee Schools TV podcast. Thanks for joining us.